from the Lithia Body and Paint Sports Desk, powered by BMW of Des Moines. This is an X's and O's update on 1460 KXNO. The Iowa women's basketball team gearing up for their Elite Eight appearance tonight against top-ranked Baylor. Head coach Lisa Bluter talks about the opportunity in front of the Hawkeyes. I mean, we're excited about the opportunity. Again, we respect Baylor so much, but... We also have great belief in ourselves, and uh, so I think you have to have that. I mean, we're one game away from playing in the Final Four, and this is every kid's dream. Six o'clock start tonight. Hear the game on 1040 WHO. The men's Final Four has said it'll be Auburn against Virginia in Game 1 on Saturday evening, followed by Texas Tech against Michigan State. To baseball, another day, another home run for Christian Yelich. And a fly The calls from Fox Sports Wisconsin as the Brewers take three of four to open the season against the Cards. Today, 12.05, Cardinals against the Pirates in Pittsburgh, and the Cubs are in Atlanta to face the Braves' 6 10 first pitch. Hawkeyes, Cyclones, Panthers, and Bulldogs. Yeah, we got that covered. This is Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. hoping you wouldn't play any of these guys. Did you see the news this weekend? Welcome back, by the way. Hour number two, Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. I didn't see the news. And it's my fault, according to my wife. Oh. It's all on me. What did you do? I didn't do a damn thing, but Mick Jagger's sick, and the, and the tour is postponed. Oh, no. So... So the all those folks, all those us old people that wanted to see the Stones before they quit uh, performing... We may be up against it, and it was not a good Saturday. So it's else. it's because this was later on the summer, right? It's June. Yeah, it was going to be it was in June. The tour. I don't know when it's supposed to start, but three it's months canceled. away. It's canceled. His doctors have advised him against touring. He's seventy five years old. It's true, and it's not going to be Keith Richards apparently that goes first. It's going to be one of the other, and it's not like they're all clean living by any means. But right. Richard, my God, but yeah. Anyways, the Rolling Stones um, canceled their show and. <laughs> I took the brunt of it. Uh, it's your fault. Apparently. You, you messed it up. Speaking of music, Women. over the weekend, yes. I was uh, waiting as our, finally, our living room is pet back put together. But uh, the guys from Rockstar Satellite were coming out and finishing touches on it. And so I didn't have DirecTV yet, Netflix. Mm. And as I was waiting for them, I saw the there's a movie that Netflix put out on Motley Crue. It's basically taken from the book that came out in the 90s, I think it was, kind of about everything that went on. I was entertained by it. Was I, it? I was, was it like a documentary? No, it was actors playing oh, the roles. See, I'm not into, but you were into it? It was, it was better than I anticipated. Okay. I thought it was going to be, I'll sit here until the guy gets here. Right. He got there, and then I went back and watched the rest oh, of it. So good. I, was entertained. I was never a huge Motley Crue no, fan. No, nor was I. That was right after probably your window, right? Yeah, I, you know what's you? The glam rock didn't do it for you. You and uh, or was it Morehouse? What did you play the other day? Weezer? Oh, Pixies, Pixies. Yeah, and I had no idea who they were, and I don't know what I listened to. I was, I was trying to think about that over the weekend. I don't know. From what I know about you, you love, of course, your stuff from when your time period, seventies. Yeah. yeah, and then top forty pop music. I'm into it. I'm, I, I'm waiting for you it. someday just to pop into 107.5. <laughs> And do, do a, a shift, D- DJ an hour or two. Yeah. I would. Oh man, yeah. to, to the to people downstairs, make that happen. Oh, no, please that make that be, happen. Um, yeah, I would be. Rib- I would sit there and listen to the whole thing. I would get such a <laughs> chuckle out of it. All right, so let's let's move on. And I want to ask you this because somebody asked me this yesterday. And I thought you know what? that's a really good question. I'm going to save this for the air tomorrow. So tomorrow, 
is now today, but I'm asking about tomorrow in this in this respect. Tomorrow, Nebraska will introduce Fred Hoiberg mm-hmm. at three o'clock. And apparently they're doing it at the football stadium, and it's in the big room, as Sipple put out on Twitter. This is a this is where the big announcements happen, where the big events happen. They go to this room for this special day. Okay, and this is where the press conference is going to be at three o'clock tomorrow afternoon. I was asked, and I am asking you: Will the local media in Des Moines cover this story? Will this be thirteen? Send somebody over thirteen eight five now. I, as I said in my answer, I would think. Oh, I know who it was. It was Zubin. Uh huh. Um, texted me and asked if we would, if somebody would, you know, Des Moines would go over and cover. And I said, well, I think probably so. But my guess is they're shorthanded because yeah. of the Iowa women right. in yep. North Carolina, right? I know uh, Freud's out there. He's there with Whitney Blakemore. Whitney Blakemore, yeah. yeah. Mom works here, Mary. Yep. Um, so I, you know, will will Randy Peterson, Travis Hines. Five eight thirteen go over and co- I would think that they would absolutely. This is a big story in Des Moines, Trent. I know Cyclone Hawkeye fans want to bury their heads in the sand. A lot of cases for mm-hmm. this. Look, he's going to do things in the Big Ten, and he's the mayor of I. He's the mayor of Ames, and it hurts a little bit. I don't care what anybody says, but you got to move on in life, right? You got a good coach there. Yes, you're happy with Prom. I would think you're happy with Prom now. You know, as any basketball coach. There are Warriors fans that don't that get frustrated with Steve Kerr. That's the nature of basketball. So yes, there's Iowa State fans that are upset with Prome at times and the day to day. But you have a good basketball coach. That's good. Yes, point. absolutely. Yeah. yeah, Hoiberg's over there, right? It, this, I would think trend. If listen, here's what I here's how my answer was. And if this press conference was taking place tomorrow from ten to noon mm-hmm. at any point at that time. I would try to find a way to twist AD's arm to carry it during our time slot. It's that important. I think it is. Th- this is a beloved figure in the state. Uh-huh. He is a guy that Hawkeye fans, I think, always respected. I think so, too, because of the Chris Street stuff. Yep, yep. absolutely. Amongst other things. Yes, yeah. it's it's an Iowa guy. Right. It's an, he's the mayor. Right, his jersey's hanging at Hilton, never to be worn again. And for the Iowa State fans, this is something that I've struggled to wrap my mind around. Nebraska's not in the Big 12 anymore. No. <laughs> if if it was, yeah, be pissed at him. I mean, that that's one. If he takes Kansas. Yes. Even Oklahoma State. Anybody, any of them. But the Nebraska's in the Big 10. But will he recruit against? Well, he about has to. I would think. I mean, right? they're, they're going to be. Going to be yeah, they're going to be in the same waters. Mm-hmm. There aren't a ton of prospects in this area. Right. I mean, you look and you, you know, every coach talks about a four or six hour radius around well, that radius is going to bump up right against each other. You're down to Kansas City looking at a kid. Hoiberg's going to be there, too. Right. You're up in Minneapolis looking at or, a kid. Uh, or uh, Abdul Massey's going to be there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the heavy lifting. <laughs> I love that. The heavy lifting. Yeah. And that's that's where probably, yeah, it's going to rankle a few feathers when uh-huh. that happens. But for now, be happy your guy's doing something. This is a job that, in a way, he coveted. And it's something I, I don't think... Any of us really had a real grasp upon, but remember when that first we started having the conversation and, and talked deeper about his grandpa mm-hmm. being the head Jerry coach Bush, there. Yep. And, he, and you think about it, and I just both sets of grandparents graduated from there. Your parents graduated from there. Mm-hmm. There is a big connection. Yes, he grew up in Ames. Yes, he was an Ames kid that went to Iowa State. Had a chance to go back and play quarterback at Nebraska. But there are there are deeper ties than just your alma mater or just the town that you grew up in. 
it does go deeper than that. So what are you saying? If you're running Channel 813.5, you're sending a truck over I, there? I think so. Yeah, This is the time we're looking for local content. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You, do you go live at 5 if you can? You <laughs> beam it back here? Or you I, just put together a package? Probably a package is what I would say. I think a package would be See, good you enough. You could probably piggyback off one of the affiliates well, that's the over thing. there. Yep. You get the feed, you, mm-hmm. you cut it up a little bit, and then you just have the anchor talk about it. Mm-hmm. Here's a cutaway. Here's 20 seconds on Hoiberg. Will Petey be there tomorrow? Oh, I think so. I think he would. I yeah. know. Look, if I was running the Des Moines Register, and I think I could because the guy that's doing it right now is running the sports section into the ground, so it doesn't take much to hold that position, apparently. Um, I would have more. Are there. you dusting off the resume? Is that what no, I'm seeing no, over there? No, oh, okay. no, 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 okay. no, no, no. Him and I don't see eye to eye, this dude. I, I understand. Um yeah, I would be over there. I think it's a big enough story. I think, no doubt. Yes, I think so too. You're right on. Would we, you? Would you? Would you not fight me? But would you try to talk me out of if it was ten to noon tomorrow? We could carry a half hour of it live. I would do that. I really would. I'd say half hour, maybe a little much. Fifteen would be good. Okay, a segment worth. Okay, but that's me. Mm-hmm. It's a big story. It is a big story, and it's a story that's going to permeate throughout this state for a while. Well, it it's, it, it really is, and I'm, I'm anxious to see where this goes. You know, flip the calendar forward to November, December, January, February of next year. Are we talking about what? Look, we're never going to talk Nebraska basketball at the expense of the of Iowa, Iowa State, right? Never. Mm-hmm. But do we at the expense of Drake or you and I? Oh, yeah, that's a real possibility. I think it is, too. Yes. I yes. would be surprised if we'd... Now, I'm not speaking for the other shows, but I'm guessing you and I will. Yeah. If they got a big matchup and they're playing uh-huh. well and they're on the cusp of an NCAA tournament... Or Hoiberg's team is circling in the drain yeah. and whatever the storyline may be. And Michigan State's coming in or big mm-hmm. match... Yes. Yeah, we're going to talk Nebraska. Not at the expense of I where I was staying. No. I want to say that very mm-hmm. slowly and very clearly. <laughs> Uh, that'll never happen. Scott Darkman's going to happen. He's going to happen next, actually. He's from The Athletic. He's covering Iowa. Uh, we'll also ask about Dan Pompey because he's got to be excited. He's got a new colleague over there, and he's right. a Bears fan. So we'll do that with Doc. Pick his brain on Michigan State as well. So what are your travel plans? Will you get there for the – you won't get there for the press conference uh, – for the practices on Friday. I, oh, yes, you will, maybe. Yes, yep, I'll get there. I think I'm going to maybe miss the first or second. So I've got to drop off Ella off at daycare. 715 is the earliest. So I'll drop her off, do some hits, do a couple hits with you, pull over. i got to find the good rest stop for that, too. i I really got to map out this trip. Mm -hmm. So I hit the right rest stop, get a good lunch in me, talk to you a couple of times, Mm -hmm. get up there, raring to go, get my credential, get in there, and uh, start getting some content. So have you seen open practice times? I, I have the email, yes. Do you? I do have the email We'll start digging into that here this week. All right, we'll uh, have the Scott Document next. Rob Doster in about 20 minutes or thereabouts from NBCSports.com. College basketball talk, Miller and Condon till noon. Glad you're with us. Des Moines Sports Station, 1460. See you there. It's 24-hour sports, morning, noon, and night here on 1460 KXNO. Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Rob Doster, still to come, NBCSports.com, college basketball talk from The Athletic. Let's get Scott Dockerman in here. He's on the Hawkeye football beat. We'll do some Michigan State with Doc as well as he covered a men's basketball on that beat at the Gazette for a decade, seemingly. Hello, Scott Dockerman. Trent and Ken, how are you? 
Hey, great, guys. What's the good word? Well, the good word is for Bears fans, and if you haven't already subscribed to The Athletic, of which you write, uh, Bears fans got a little gift today is Dan Pompey. If you're a Bears fan, you've probably been reading him for years. He's joined the good guy, Scott Darkham, and that's a big get for you guys. Absolutely. I mean, I've been reading Dan Pompey since I was young, you know, uh, whether he was with the Sun-Times or the Tribune back in the 80s and when the Bears were in their heyday. So uh, getting him is uh, is special. I mean, you know, not only for the Chicago Bears, the Chicago football scene, but also for the uh, for the NFL and, and just the, the wealth of knowledge he has. So uh, another huge gift for us. And if you're a Bears fan and a Hawkeyes fan and, you know, Cubs as well after – kind of a frustrating weekend uh you can read plenty at the at the athletic and get everybody get everything uh you're looking for in sports you know doc with that the just the idea behind the athletic the subscription service is something that ken and i have absolutely loved the people that are involved in it great writers all across the course is is this the future in your mind i mean you come from the newspaper industry but do you think this is the way it's going or has the athletic because they're first almost carved out their own niche and it's going to be difficult for other people to jump in kind of like what we see streaming wise with netflix yeah i think that's kind of the great comparison is with us and netflix but then you know there's other streaming services hulu and what have you that that have carved out their own niche as well and i think this is something that you know really could carry over to multiple things what i would really like to see is you know, it, this to kind of carry over to newspapers because for so long, I, I kind of used this comparison back when I was even with the Gazette is, um, you know, it's like going to a drive through at McDonald's. And in one lane, you can get uh, the, the bag and you can get uh, your sandwich, you know, wrapped and everything and you pay for it. In the other lane, you just get the hamburger and you get it for free. And, and that's kind of the way it's been for way too long, in my opinion, you know, because there's a lot of people who work really hard to write good stories and do good work and yet you go to a web you know the newspaper website and it's free and then it's like well why should i buy the newspaper if everything's free and i think right now that that's that's what newspapers have to come to the realization that um in order to you know provide some sort of premium content that people will go and buy so uh you know our we're kind of we're born by the uh the layoffs in some ways that at espn and si and a lot of people went over to the athletic from that and and I think we've uh, we've done a nice job so far, and we've picked up a lot of great talent, and and hopefully it just continues and and sets the stage for you know possibly other walks of life, you know whether it's politics or or uh, you know to take your pick on certain niches and subjects. Scott Dockerman from the Athletic is our guest. Uh, Doc Hawks in a minute, and I get your piece. Your mailbag was terrific as it always is, and Sean Byers, a guy named. Uh, if Hawkeye fans don't know him now, they certainly will. Um, but uh, Tom Izzo's got a team back in the Final Four, knocking off Duke yesterday. Uh, can, he's good. Look, he's got some really good players. Cash Winston is an unbelievable player, but he's had better rosters top to bottom. Would you say, in the years that you've covered the Big Ten, would this be one of Izzo's better coaching jobs to get his team with the injuries to this point in the season? Without a doubt. And I actually had this conversation uh, when they beat Iowa here. Uh, you know, me and I'm pretty good friends with most of the beat writers at Michigan State. We went out and had a few beverages after the game, and and one of them just looked at me and said, hey, uh, you've, you've seen Michigan State over the years. I mean, how do you compare this team to others? I said, you know, this team doesn't have the superstars uh, talent-wise that you've had in the past, a, a Gary Harris or, or, you know, Adrian Payne and what have you, 
but it's the best team that I've seen out of Michigan State in at least 10 years. And it's true. I mean, Cassius Winston obviously is kind of the four general, but I'm not so sure I look at him and think NBA player. But the way they, they work together, the cohesiveness they have, and, and the coaching and, and the toughness that they've displayed, I mean, it tells me a lot about this team. And, and, uh, and I, I think they, you know, by what they were able to do yesterday, um, really not only validate their season, but I think it, in, in some ways it continues to validate uh, Coach Izzo as, as one of the greats of all time. I mean, you know, to be able to, to continuously win. I mean, Duke was the bona fide favorite, uh, you know, this year. Um, going into the tournament, had the, the best player, and here they are. You know, they're able to, to, you know, to beat good teams in the in the tournament as well. I mean, not only Duke, but just, you know, the Sweet 16 and everything else. I mean, this is this has been really impressive. LSU, I mean, Minnesota, I mean, that's, they've had some big wins. At the turn of the century, Michigan State won a title since then. I think seven different programs have played for a national title from the Big Ten, but of course nobody has cut down the nets. The importance for the conference as a whole and maybe continuing to elevate the brand for Michigan State to, to cut down the nets, how important is that? Or is it important at all? Is it just maybe a mere media narrative that we like to hold on to? It, you know, it, it does validate the league a little bit. I mean, it's been that way for a long time where, you know, the Big Ten in basketball, you know, with the exception of the ACC and especially the expansion of the ACC, the Big Ten has been consistently the best league in the country. It's the deepest league. Uh, more people go, I mean, I think 40 straight years it's led the, the country in attendance um, and attendance per game because it's so, you know, rough to go on the road in the Big Ten. And I think what it does is, it, it cements it as okay. You're not only the the deepest league, but you have the best team in the country, and and I think that's really important because when you're kind of consistently going through that Susan Lucci model, you know, <laughs> right? The, in championship game, I mean, there have been years where they've had the best team and it's lost. I mean, I remember Illinois in '05. That Illinois team was outstanding, you know, and lost only one game going into the championship, and you know, lost to North Carolina, and I'd still. You know, you've seen that over and over and over again, and Michigan a few times, and Wisconsin against Duke, where magic. I was at that game. Magically, the uh, officiating changed hmm. midway through the second half, but uh, I won't go down that path. But you know, it's just I, I think it, it would be helpful, and I think the fact they knocked off Duke at at the lead eight really kind of says, okay, this team's the favorite. And I don't care what Virginia's done, but Michigan State is the favorite. Hmm. Is Cassius Winston the best player remaining in this tournament? Oh man, I you know I, I like the Culver like Texas the, Tech's a hell of a player. Yeah, Culver, yeah, Texas Tech's players is pretty good. I mean, Culver's right up there. I don't. I think Auburn's got know, some guards, couple of really good guards, Brown and Harper. Yeah, you know, I love the way they got to the rim. I yeah. mean, they showed great boot, you know, explosiveness, and you know, against a really good team in Kentucky yesterday, and it was really impressive. You know, I'd say Culver's probably the best talent. But Cassius Winston just got this toughness about him, mm-hmm. and, you know that he's a just you know I mean Carson Edwards did too. Don't get me wrong, that was in a very impressive performance, especially in the Sweet 16 and the Elite Eight. But but I, I mean I I think Michigan State's got the best team, but Texas Tech has the best player. Scott Dockerman joining us from the Athletic. All right, Doc, let's get into some football. You wrote an article uh, at the Athletic talking about Sean Byer, Byer, a guy that came in quite an athlete. Is he going to be able to grow into the tight end position? He looks like he's there. 
Before that, though, you mentioned an injury, and we saw him you know, last season out there for a while. He's part of special teams. He had the gaffe against Wisconsin. But injury-wise, I never saw anything officially. Did they say exactly what the injury was to him and maybe how slow going it is for him this spring? It was an injury. It was a knee injury, and mm-hmm. you know, from all accounts that I got, it was, it was some sort of a tear, but it wasn't. It, it was not an ACL. Okay. So I mean, he at least it was a it was a non-contact uh, tear. So um, he he was kind of iffy late in the season and in the bowl, but then they decided to withhold him. So it sounded like he had it like a meniscus, is what I would say would be my you know hypothesis on that. But that said, I mean, let's look at Sean Byer and what he did. You know, at Cedar Rapids Kennedy, he was one of the best there was. Uh, you know, in the, in the state, he was captain of the 4A team, could do it all. I mean, really had a better resume than either Hawkinson or Fant, um, you know, and has similar size. You know, initially went to wide receiver, kind of floated back to tight end. Uh, you know, really, if he was with any other team in the Big Ten last year, I think he would have played a lot. I mean, he, showed, he has a lot of athletic traits that uh, – Noah Fant has. I mean, is an incredible jumper. Um, you know, in fact, uh, I went back to the the Boston College game in the Pinstripe Bowl. I mean, they had him in on the goal line in the slot. You know, really early in that game when they were, at, I think, the six yard line. So uh, they have a lot of belief and trust in him. Yes, he had that special team there, but you know what? I'm gonna I'm also gonna give a lot of blame to the kick returner because the kick returner was indecisive. You know, it was Kyle Gronenweg. He was mm-hmm. very indecisive in that play. Ran up, ran back, ran up, ran back. Um, it's unless you're yelling when the, the 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 word is Peter. If you're yelling Peter really loud, he's going to let go. But instead, uh, you know, yeah. based on the indecisiveness, you keep blocking. And um, so I think uh, you know, yeah, he was at fault ultimately, but he got way too much blame for that. Uh, Scott Jockman from the Athletic. Doc, couple more minutes, we'll let you go. Of course, and it was pointed out in uh, in the mailbag that that Hawkinson and Fant are are going to be connected at the hip. Not only their career, but you know, both leaving at the at the same time and leaving eligibility on the table to go to the NFL. And here's my question for you, Doc. And I'm sure that you've uh, spoken to a number of. Um, draft guys if you will that you're hearing are 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 you hearing that both of these tight ends could go potentially both of them in the top 15 is that what you're hearing yeah absolutely you look at it's uh it's pretty amazing i mean really they're considered as good or better than most of the wide receivers coming out so um and and then you you examine the positions and who's who needs what for anything from seven to, to twelve is almost every single team could use a, a tight end like either one of these guys. I mean, from Jacksonville, now with Nick Foles, the passing game was suspect. Uh, you know, now granted they may want a tackle, you know, on their offensive line, but Detroit could definitely use, um, you know, TJ Hawkinson. Denver. Denver. You know, Denver could use a Buffalo, could use one or the other. Green Bay, of course. Uh, so, you know, even Cincinnati. So you've got all of those teams in a cluster that, uh, you know, need probably more tight ends than a uh, wide receiver. And plus, you look at, uh, you know, pass rusher and it is going to be a coveted uh, luxury or commodity in this draft. And I think right after that, you know, the tight ends are right there. Mm-hmm. So I, I would not be surprised at all to see them both gone by 12. And if not, I think teams might trade up. I mean, you know, there's been a lot of discussion about, you know, say Hawkinson fitting in perfectly in New England for Gronkowski, but 
New England's not going to get him. Uh-oh. I mean, he's they're drafted at 32. They they are going to have to wait for him to fall before they get a chance to to even you know. I mean, I'd say to 20 at least before they would trade up for somebody like that. So I think they both could go early. I mean, there's never been a tandem of one team going the first round before, hmm. but uh, they would they would set the mark so high that I don't know that it'll ever be reached if they get in the first half of the first round. You know, let me ask you this, Doc. This is my final thing for you. From the from the NFL people that you've talked to regarding both of those two, is there a consensus as to which one of the two is going to have the injuries aside? So injuries, they're, they're both healthy. As to which of the two is going to have the more productive career in the NFL? Or is it you talk to one guy, he says Hawkinson, talk to another guy, he says Fant. It really is more about what your team is than anything. Um, you know, what do you need? You know, do you want somebody who can stretch the field a little bit and become more of a mismatch in the passing game? Then, that, then you want Fant. You know, if you feel like you've got a pretty good inline tight end who can block. Now, if you want somebody who can change the uh, the tone of your team, you know, I look at like Detroit, and uh, you know, th- th- that's kind of been the, the focus is between those two is maybe in the passing game they would prefer to have Fant, but you know, if you're wanting to become a tougher, more physical team and you've got to face Khalil Mack, maybe T.J. Hawkins is the guy that you want. So that's kind of been, you know, the discussion, I guess, is it's more about what your team needs at that position rather than who's better. Um, you know, I mean, Hawkinson's kind of gotten the, the whole, um, you know, the rating a little bit higher, but, you know, fans' upside and what he's able to do physically cannot be underestimated, so... I, I think that's kind of what I've been I've discussed with people. Uh, what coaches do you get, or do you get any coaches or coordinators this week? Yeah, we get uh, we get a couple of coaches tomorrow, which is great. Uh, Kelvin Bell, the, the new defensive line coach, and uh, Seth Wallace. So uh, we'll be able to, to you know find out a little more on the defensive line. You know, maybe how Davion Nixon is progressing, and then uh, I still think one of the more fascinating topics is. What's Iowa going to do at the outside linebacker? I think they don't really know yet. Mm. So uh, Seth Wallace will be able to clue us in to, you know, the first few days of pads and and, and uh, spring practice as to where they're leaning at those positions. Scott Dockerman from the Athletic Doc. We'll talk to you next week. Appreciate it. All right, thanks, guys. Yeah. Appreciate the time. Good to talk to you, Scott Dockerman from the Athletic. Uh, John Perry, who refereed the Super Bowl this past year, mm-hmm. is walking away from the game. Listen to the uh, head referees, the White Hats, within the last two years that have retired from the NFL. John Perry joins Walt Coleman this year. Pete Morelli, mm-hmm. last year, Hockey Lee, Terry McCauley, Jeff Triplett, who went out of the blaze of glory <laughs> in Kansas City, and, of course, Gene Steratore. That's a lot of names. That's a lot of big names. Yeah. And you know, the, the officiating hasn't been, uh, well, real good over the last... New blood. There's going to be some, Trent. Maybe, maybe that's good. We'll take a timeout. Rob Doster joins us next. Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460. Sparkle Run. KXNO in your pocket with iHeartRadio on your smartphone. This is Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Right, it's time to go for the green with KXNO and EKG Golf. Text the keyword COIN to 200-200 right now to enter to win $1,000 cash. That's COIN to 200-200 standard message and data rate supply. Uh, Rob Doster coming up. We still got to give away our Team of the Day flag, Trent Condon, yes. before we get out of here. Uh, but let's get Rob Doster in here, talk a little college hoops, shall we? Rob, Trent, and Ken, how are you? 
I'm good. I'm tired. I'm exhausted after a wild, wild Elite Eight weekend, but I am ready for this Final Four. Yeah, it's going to be great, and it was great. What was the best game? I mean, it's it's hard to quantify, right? I thought they were all good. If you had to pick one, which game will stay with you? I mean, I think it has to be Purdue and uh, and, and Virginia. Just with the way that that game played out and the shot making and the way that it finished, like it gave us, not only did it give us the iconic performance that we had kind of been missing mm-hmm. during this event, but it also gave us the the amazing, memorable, uh, never seen that before finish. And uh, yeah, for for me, that's the game that's going to end up sticking with me the most. And that's the one where, when I look at look back like in ten years, that's that's the that's what I'm going to remember. Is oh yeah, that was the uh, that was the tournament where we got the uh, the the Virginia Purdue Elite Eight game. The same way that like I look at the. Kansas State Xavier game from the Sweet 16 mm. of the 2010 tournament. I don't remember much else about that mm-hmm. tournament. I couldn't tell you without looking it up, but I remember that game and I will never forget that game. Yeah, Carson Edwards, unbelievable, but yet here it is at the at the, at the horn and the guy that's got the ball in his hands to sink a six-footer. And DKT is a nice player, as you well know, but you know, shooting that shot, probably not his strength, right? But there he was and stepped up on the biggest stage at the moment that counted. Of all the guys on the floor, he was DKT, the ball in his hand with a chance to extend it. Yeah, you know, and, and good for him. I think all the credit for that play, though, has to go to Kihei Clark. No question. It's just unbelievable what he was able to do. Just and, and here's the thing you got to remember, right? So the clock starts as soon as that ball gets tipped out, and uh, it's running. And Kihei Clark has 5.9 seconds to run all the way back, 70 feet away from the basket, to get the ball, turn around, scan the floor, see that the is open, hit him with the ball like on the money, from 50 feet away and, and, and time for him to be able to make that shot. It's just an unbelievable play from, from Kihei Clark, who, you know, I would make the argument, uh, hit the shot in the 16 that actually gave Virginia a chance to get to the Elite Eight. You know, if you remember, Oregon had just gone on an 18-5 to run to take a, five point, or take a three-point lead with five minutes left, and Kihei Clark came down and, Burned a three right after Oregon took that three-point lead. It was the answer. It was the play that uh, kind of let Virginia avoid the complete collapse. And, you know, I, I've been hard on the kid, and I, I honestly did not think that he was all that good this season. But he made a, a couple of monster plays, and, and, you know, he's probably the reason that, as much as anything, like you got to give Kyle Guy credit for making those shots. Um, we got to talk about uh, D.E. Kite, you know, hitting the game-time bucket, all of that. But Kyle, uh, Kihei Clark, as much as anybody, is the reason why Virginia um, kind of broke the curse and is in the Final Four now. Rob, on the national scene here, we're at the crossroads of the Big Ten and Big 12, and we know Texas Tech is a difficult job. Football, basketball, doesn't matter. Out there in West Texas, on the national perspective, what, what Beard has done getting this team a year ago to their first ever Elite Eight, now to their first ever Final Four, is it? Is it lost on some people just because it's a Big 12 program, just how impressive this run has been? I mean, it shouldn't shouldn't be lost on anybody. You know, this is not a team that that has had any basketball history before Chris Beard got there. They'd never made the Elite Eight before Chris Beard got there. They've now been two back-to-back Elite Eight, and they are heading to the first Final Four in program history. They had never won a Big 12 regular season title, and now they are the team that snapped Kansas' 14-year streak as being Big 12 regular season champions. So um, I hope that people aren't taking for granted just how good the job that Chris Beard is doing 
uh, actually is. He's been absolutely phenomenal. Um, it, it's, it's gotten to the point where I just wonder how long he's actually going to be in Texas. At Texas Tech. You have to figure at some point somebody's going to come around and, and you know make him an offer that he can't refuse. I don't think that it would be UCLA. I don't necessarily know if that's the the best fit for him and what the way that he wants to play and the way that he builds his programs. But there are a lot of jobs kind of in that Midwest and that Texas area that that might be able to pay more money than Texas Tech and that might end up being uh, something that he likes a little bit more. Like, oh, I don't know, maybe the school that he graduated from, the <laughs> University of Texas. So yeah. it'll, be, uh, it'll be interesting to see how all that plays out. But no matter what happens, you know, he has Texas Tech in the Final Four and – you know, they have a very real chance to win this thing. Mm, they really do. You know, back to Clark for just a second and, and looking forward to this next week because uh, I'm convinced he is so quick. Um, and, and so are Brown and Harper, as you know, for Auburn. And I'm not sure which one Clark's going to get, uh, but but he's he's got the ability to keep up with any of these those two burners uh, should that be his guard. Yeah, you know, and, and that's the thing that you have him out there for is because he can really heat up the ball defensively. Um, and, you know, the thing about so Carson Edwards, that was a bad match for Kihei Clark. Carson Edwards is uh, the bigger and stronger and can rise up over him and, and, and shoot. You know, he was doing it over DeAndre Hunter. Of course, he can be able to rise up over Kihei Clark. Jared Harper is not exactly that kind of player. And I think that this actually will be a little bit of a better matchup. And then also because uh, Virginia is going to want to go small against um, Auburn as it is. You know, they, they, don't, they don't always play their best when they are playing a little bit smaller. Um, and like the, one of the biggest reasons that Kihei is out there is that it allows Tydrum to play off the ball a little bit, and it allows them to play a little bit more of a spread, kind of four-out-one-in offense and, and run their um, kind of ball-screen continuity. So it's uh, it, it's there's, there's value to having him on the floor. I just don't know if he's necessarily uh, the best player and the best fit for what Virginia wants to do, but I do think he's going to be a great fit against Auburn, and, and is exactly the kind of guy you want in matchup. Rob, uh, we lose the one and dunners. Zion's gone. Kentucky and their compliment, they're gone. Who's the, not the best NBA prospect, because I think that's pretty easy. It's probably Jared Culver of Texas Tech. Who's the best college basketball player remaining of these four teams? Um, well, I would say that the best prospect is DeAndre Hunter. Uh, I know mm. that some people might disagree with that. I just, uh, I think that DeAndre is the perfect fit from what you want in the wing um, at the next level. But, I mean, it's not like Jared Culver is bad. You know, it's kind of, you know, what do you like more, chocolate ice cream or vanilla ice cream? There's really no wrong answer. Um, when it comes to best college basketball player, like I think we got to go with Cassius Winston, right? Yeah, that would be my vote. I, I, if you look at the roster that he got to the Final Four, I don't want to say it's worse than the other ones because it's not like Texas Tech is loaded with a bunch of five stars and, you know, it's not like uh, Auburn has a bunch of guys that are going to end up playing at the NBA. I think I'd make the argument that, believe it or not, Virginia is far and away the most talented team mm-hmm. um, in this Final Four. You know, mm-hmm. Ty Jerome's going to play in the NBA. Uh, DeAndre Hunter's going to play in the NBA. Mama D.D. is going to play in the NBA. Kyle Guy will probably play for a little while, at least get a shot at the NBA because of the way that he shoots. So Virginia's really, really talented. I don't think people quite realize it. I would say it's probably Cassius Winston. I mean, what he's able to do controlling teams and running offense and, and just being like, you know, I know it's super cliche and probably annoying for stuff like this to, to be said over and over and over again, but he's a coach on the floor. That's exactly what he is. You know, he's an extension of Tom Izzo, and it's 
it's hard for me to look past the fact that this Michigan State team, given everything that they had going on, going to the Final Four, when I know just how much, uh, uh, just how much Cassius Winston carries that offense and what they do. Ian Eagle or Kevin Harlan? Oh, oh. man, that's tough. That's Gus Johnson. That's, that's all no, <laughs> no, 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 no. That's not the that's that's right answer. answer. Gus Johnson? It's so, always right No, answer. it's not. Ken's yeah, a little curmudgeon. Just, he doesn't like us. I, I like him. I like them both, though. Here's like here's the thing. I, I like both of them because they both kind of have a distinctive style mm-hmm. that you know as soon as you hear them calling it. So I, it's hard for me to parse through neither of them. They're really good. Um, I just I, I'm always going to be like a, a Gus Johnson guy. All right. I, I just I love the way that he the energy that he brings and the way that he calls games and um, I I think that and and you know I, I wonder if it's part of it is just like we kind of got lucky because. Gus Johnson happened to be on the call for some of the greatest games and greatest moments that like I can remember. You know, the the one with Adam Morrison and Gonzaga when they blew the lead to UCLA yeah. or the play uh when um Xavier forced overtime or no, when Ohio State forced overtime against Xavier in the second round, or the shot that Isaiah Thomas hit mm-hmm. in the Pac twelve tournament title game. Uh cold blooded. There's so many of them that I can just remember and, and roll through. I, I don't know if it's just luck that Gus Johnson happened to be on those games or if uh, he is just as good as he is and, and kind of rising to what the moment uh, moment leads him to be. Ian Eagle's a New Jersey guy. I thought that would be a layup for you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm a Connecticut. Uh, I grew up in Connecticut, so if you had gotten me a CT guy, then maybe we'd be having a different conversation. But Here's a big question. I, I know that uh, you like to wager. Who you got tonight down in the Yingling Center in Tampa? DePaul? Or South Florida, game one of the CBI finals. <laughs> I didn't even know that they Nor were playing. I. <laughs> I, I, I have absolutely no idea that that game would take place. Uh, so, so we we <laughs> learned today that I'm a much bigger degenerate than you are. <laughs> so let's go uh, to Paul. Guaranteed to cover. All right. Max Drew. You, ne- you never bet against Max Drew. It's got, it's got the stamp on it. We're good to go. Good stuff, Rob <laughs> Doster. We'll talk to you next Monday. Thank you for what you do for us. Always a pleasure, guys. Thanks for having me. Yeah, good to talk to you. Rob Doster, NBC Sports, college basketball talk. Uh, For you, Ian Eagle, Kevin Harlan. The other guy doesn't factor in. It's a two-person question. It's Kevin Harlan for me. Is it? But Ian Eagle is solid. Kevin Harlan is great. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. Ian Eagle's good. Different. Certainly different styles. Yeah, him and Spinarco. That was a yes, good team. They've been good, good for a long mm-hmm. time together. Mm-hmm. And I don't think they spend the regulars because Spinarco doesn't he do that? Uh, what just fold Raycom? Is it Raycom? Okay, yeah. I think think that's what he did. That makes sense. I'm and Ian sure. Eagle does Nets games. Right, he's a New Jersey guy. Nets games, and he's got his broadcast partner is a female. I don't know, and that. I can't think of her name. She was mm-hmm. on Richard Deitch's uh, podcast. They mm-hmm. were on together. Uh, a few weeks back, and by the way, Swin Cash, oh, Candace so Parker, yeah, both of them. Swin Cash is dynamite. So is Candace Parker. Yeah, Swin Cash is really good too. Yeah, she is. They're both really, really, really good. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and a great addition to both of those. Uh, both all of those broad, are the broadcasts. Speaking of former women's basketball players, any? I, I know you're not a huge women's basketball fan. No, I'm not. Are you? Are you gonna flip it on to Baylor, Iowa tonight? Yes. Um, Maybe, maybe the Cubs play at six, but it maybe that's the back and forth. Yeah, I think so. The Jets play at seven thirty. 
against the Blackhawks. Yeah, this I mean, is, it's, I get it. It's Iowa. I'll watch a little bit of it. See, I it's guess, the Final Four. I, well, here's why I'll watch it. Just because of the buildup. There's uh, been a lot of it. There has been a lot. There's of a lot it. of jawing, a lot of talking. Yeah, and it's good. Yeah. People like the door that are on the fringe mm-hmm. that normally wouldn't pay attention to it or paying attention to it. So that's good. I, I, I'll watch a little bit of it. Yeah. It's... I was a 14 and a half point underdog. to the fire tomorrow. Right. We're program. not going to break down the complete game, but I'll, I'll watch and start to finish. You will watch it? Yeah. Will yeah. you bet it? Yeah. You really will? I already have. <laughs> Who'd you take? You take the points? Or I, give? I laid them. I laid them. Did you? Yeah, I think I you have to, right? I talked to a few people that I know that know women's basketball well. Mm-hmm. And what I was told is this is a once every 50 games maybe Iowa can win this game. It's not a once really? out of 10. Yeah. So they're up against it. I mean, deep water. They were told. I was told the fourteen and a half is not nearly enough. Really? If this game plays out the way that most Baylor games plays out, Baylor win it by twenty plus. So pretty, I, pretty handily. I, I wonder this, Trent. Um, by the way, you don't get Showtime, do you? I don't know. That show action is phenomenal. Might have to get your password. Oh, what? I don't have a password. Your Directv password. I can watch that way. I can well, stream. I would, I would share it if I knew it. <laughs> We've gone through this before. <laughs> um, what was I going to say? The action. You started to go on the action. Um, yeah, but that's right. So will there be? That's my point. I'm glad you got me back to where I was. If you were in Vegas and you tried to bet this game tonight, mm-hmm. would they put limits on this? Do you think? I don't think. I mean, WNBA. I don't know what their limits I don't are. Either. I know they're not. You can't come in with ten grand. Mm-hmm. But I think it's more than a uh, five hundred thousand. I would guess. You want to get a couple grand down? I don't think you'd have a problem. I wouldn't think so, at least. Yeah, could be I, wrong. I don't know the answer to that. All right, excited for tomorrow. Uh, Chris Level is a, the well, he's Eric Heft, put mm-hmm. it that way, of uh, Texas Tech, and he's joined us a couple of times throughout the season when Texas Tech and Iowa State play either in football or in hoops. He's joined us and. I uh, reached out to him, and he's going to find a few minutes for Des Moines tomorrow. He's very busy, but we'll do the Big 12's representative tomorrow to lead off the show with 1020, some uh, Iowa Wild Talk with, uh, with Joe O'Donnell. And Zuba Mahente's going to be here. Murph and Andy at 2. Until tomorrow, have a great day. See ya.